that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. We are versed on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many Black folk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. So welcome back to another Tuesday episode. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show, and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. DJ Mixmaster Mark. Mixmaster Mark. in the house today. He got a new tool. <laughs> He's so excited. I'm super excitement. Where's, where's the clap button? I can't, you know. He hasn't figured it out yet. I haven't figured out how to do the, <laughs> the applause button yet. It, it, uh, it's hidden. When I press record, it goes away. Oh my goodness. So, <clears throat> well, we just love our podcasting so much. Yes, we, we do. We get new tools. <laughs> well, we we had to do an upgrade. And yeah, then we had to do another upgrade because the one upgrade wasn't compatible with what we already had. So here we are. Yeah. So. So if you feel our pain, you can leave us a comment. Leave us a message. <laughs> we feel your pain. But we're here. So <laughs> sympathize with each other. So we're going to keep talking about communism. Oh, great. All things. But before we do, yes, I just want to remind everybody, I have been, I just, this is so crucially important. Okay. Talking about serious stuff here. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Title IX and the Biden administration has proposed new updates and regulations um, that we as citizens of the U.S. Mm-hmm. can voice our opinions and leave comments and they are required by law to answer all of the comments that they receive so i am going to leave a link for people please write your own comment do a quick search about title nine i will leave links to um, child and parental rights campaign they have a great great write-up about it but basically um, they are trying to, the changes that they're trying to do will allow the biological males to participate in girls only sports, mm-hmm. of course, and activities, making the bathrooms, locker rooms, and overnight field trips and housing available based solely on gender identity, not someone's biological sex. And the list goes on and on and on. And we're, when we're talking about sexual harassment rules, we're talking about rape. We're talking about legalizing all kinds of sexual abuse. Yes. So I'm going to leave a link, uh, several links. Please mm-hmm. do a quick search about Title IX. Leave your comment before September 12th. Because yes. that's when the deadline is. Yeah. And I, I just keep trying to reinforce to people, these are the times that we have to get, we have to get involved. We can't sit around and say we didn't know. And hope that someone else will do it. Yeah. Because it takes all of us. We can all do something yeah. to affect positive change in our communities. Yeah, I think if there's ever been a time in our nation's history when we see that, number one, those that are supposed to be doing something about these things are not. Mm-hmm. And number two, the people that can get things done are we the people. Mm-hmm. What have we seen? You know, the parents' uprisings around the country. <laughs> yeah. You know, over overturning these school boards and these yeah, elections. Florida, and great. I mean, it's just because the parents 
have decided they've woke up, they've woken, they've awakened. Mm-hmm. They didn't get woke, they've awakened. <laughs> Anti-woke. Not woke. <laughs> <laughs> Not a woke joke. And they've decided to get involved. We can make a difference. We talked yeah. a couple weeks ago about the the difference that it has made to these supposed court, you know, untouchable corporate behemoths like Disney mm-hmm. that just keeps thumbing their nose at people. What did it cost them? $40 billion in stock value in two days mm-hmm. that it cost them. Mm-hmm. You know, there you go. Uh, and and believe me, it's it's resonating across the industry. Just speaking of the entertainment industry, you know, Warner Brothers. I don't know if you saw this. Warner Brothers, which owns HBO among others, mm-hmm. there was a there was a company wide memo that went out, and uh, basically they Warner Brothers. The rumors. So we talked a few weeks ago about how Warner Brothers had canceled Batgirl. Oh yeah, all those different shows. Mm-hmm. So seventy million dollar, you know, woke <laughs> film Batgirl that obviously nobody wanted to watch. Yeah. <laughs> they got it done, and it was so bad that none of the test audiences liked it because it was so woke and so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so they basically scrapped the whole thing. And what's what's been rumored heavily rumored and and substantiated with a lot of a lot of articles i've read is that warner brothers is just one of the studios that's basically saying we're done with woke entertainment our market is middle america yeah well and please let it happen yeah (laughs) that's all i can say yeah can we go back to family friendly things yeah just go back to something that's not trying to really tell the story yeah exactly what do we what did i say the other day I I really would love to do, you know, horse movies yeah. or, you know, or Indiana Jones kinds of movies. Things that our kids watch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, we'll keep making films like this because we have to. Yeah. Right? I can't. I can't. Because in good who conscience, else is doing it? <laughs> I can't in good conscience say, you know, in when our grandchildren say, what did you do when the world was falling apart? Well, we made zombie films. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Well, it. and what were we watching? It was, um, oh, The Miseducation of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Hegseth's um, on, Fox on Fox Nation. Nation. Yeah. So we sat and watched all five episodes back to back. And it was phenomenally done. Phenomenally? Phenomenal mentally. I got I got talking a little too fast. But anyway, one of the things that they pointed out in that series was, you know, when school started, when the education started in public education, mm-hmm. One of the things that didn't get passed on to the next generation was their faith. Mm-hmm. You know, now the greatest, yeah, the greatest generation. Yeah. Where they failed was they didn't pass on their faith. Yeah, because you know, you look at it and think, okay, so what do you leave people? Your your money, your your property, possessions. No, the best and greatest thing you can leave someone is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what did we get from the generation that didn't pass their faith on to their children gave us what? The 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. So. Okay, moving on. You, so you have articles. Today. I have a couple of articles and then we're going to okay. talk some more about communism. Uh, this one was interesting. This one actually I got from Ken Ham, uh, Answers in Gen- Genesis. He saved this or he posted this the other day. LGB dropped the T keeps trending on Twitter as gay activists turn on transgender activists. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, the only question was how long the LGBT political movement would bask in the glory of its inarguably successful obliteration of traditional societal norms and sexual mores before they took t- the time to notice. But with hashtag LGB drop the T trending on Twitter multiple times over the course of the last week or two, it seems apparent that at least in certain quarters, the revolutionaries are doing what revolutionaries always do. <laughs> turn on each other (laughs) (laughs) wow there's a part of me that feels bad for them you know especially because i posted uh i reposted on our uh, the mind polluters facebook page a chart that gays against groomers put out and they were talking about the number of pediatric gender clinics uh from 2007 versus 2022 and Mm -hmm. it is staggering i mean there were two in the united states in 2007 is what this what this um uh, graphic shows yeah and then in 2022 it's just all over the country i can't even count how many are on there did you ever think that you'd be agreeing with the homosexual activists Uh, no but you know but but that's what i'm saying i i'm i mean there's a part of me that feels bad for them because they're completely hijacked but like they said don't mess with the kids yeah uh, this is interesting to a little bit more on this. Um, so this is written by Ken. I've written on more than one occasion about what far more people than just I have been anticipating for quite some time, namely the inevitable clash between gay ideology and transgender theory. Transgenderism relies entirely upon the non-existence of gender binary, assuming a sliding scale of gender identity that denies there is even such thing as truly male or truly female. Hmm. Where, who do we have to thank for that? <laughs> the, the fluidity scale. Oh, Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey. Oh, yes. Uh, needless to say. Oh, wait, pause. Hmm. Alfred Kinsey, who we talk extensively about in The Mind Polluter. Yes. So if you haven't watched it, if you are new to the program, hey, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, Alfred Kinsey. Uh, you can find everything at fearlessfeatures.org. Yeah, you should watch The Mind Polluters. Uh-huh. Uh, needless to say, there can be no gay man if there is no such thing as a man. Uh, true. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. There can be no lesbian if there is no such thing as a woman. Uh, well, you know, but those movements don't think that far in advance. They only look right in front of their faces. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel today. This is how I feel. I've got another interesting article that is, uh, well, I'm just going to read it. You can tell me how you feel. <laughs> okay. This is also, oh, this is from Ken also. Um, he must have been popular he in was here. Po- I, like, I like reading what Ken writes. Mm-hmm. Norwegian feminist facing possible prison term for tweet saying men can't be lesbians. Oh, my word. Let's, let's analyze just that, this headline. Is that the headline <laughs> is, only? Think That's just the headline. Oh. <clears throat> Can men be lesbians? Can I read this like Ken? Can men be lesbians? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> my name's Keen. Uh, since okay, let's... okay. So Ken Ham is in our, our he's in our film. He's in the Mind Polluters. So I can give him a hard time. Love, love Ken Ham. Keen okay, good. Uh, can men be lesbians? Well, since lesbian refers to women attracted to women, it should be obvious that the answer is a resounding no. But we live in a very anti-science, anti-biblical time when many people believe men can be women. And if you question such nonsense, you face expulsion, fines, or even jail in certain places. One feminist in Norway 
recently tweeted. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm waiting I'm for just, the tweet. Come okay. on. Okay. About FRI, Norway's trans activism group. The tweet reads, why does FRI teach young people that males can be lesbians? Isn't that conversion therapy? <laughs> it's an interesting, interesting point yeah. that she raises. Yeah. Because of her tweet, she claims the police are now investigating her and she potentially faces up to three years in prison for a tweet. She states, to certain groups, the fact that women and girls are female and that men cannot be women, girls, mothers, or lesbians, is considered hateful. Wow. Okay. So, thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? No, because it's all just nonsense. It's nonsensical. It's, they're confused, and so I don't want to be in the confused party with them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go down that rabbit hole. What? It's bad enough to sit as we... so. And, and just to give people perspective, so we are sitting, we have been researching for months now about, uh, for our next documentary film, Dysphoria. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the transgender movement. So this stuff, and, and I don't want to be, um, I don't want to sound desensitized to it, but there's just so much that you can, just so much you can take. Yeah. And, and when I read stuff like that, yeah, it's going to keep happening. If people don't stand up and and stop the madness because mm -hmm. it is madness. It is just delusional madness. Yeah. And I guess we should give, you know, kind of an apology slash disclaimer. It's sort of like, you know, what we do all day is we research this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's and like you're just joining us and you, you're not used to this. <laughs> you have to, you have to develop a pretty thick skin and, you know, some kind of coping mechanism. And it's like when you talk to someone who has been, a paramedic or a fire fireman or a police, police officer, officer yeah military vets who have been in combat and it's what they call graveyard humor mm -hmm. you know just like a really dark twisted like every, everything yeah did you already say er doctors can you yeah. even imagine what they deal with uh, yeah, I, yeah i just wow so it's it's the same kind of thing I, you know i freely admit it's a coping mechanism because this stuff is just terrible mm -hmm. and there are there are many days, more days than not, I think, where we both just we just turn it off and walk away. And go, I can't. Yeah, I can't deal with <laughs> and it. And go anymore. back to scripture. I mean, yeah, it's the only place you find freedom is in in the Word. Yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to continue talking more about communism and what it is because as we talked over the past couple of weeks and realized that you said that you had not really been taught a lot in school. Right. About and what communism is. Right. And when we started. Oh, yeah, the Purple just, Preparedness Yeah, just, just several of the conferences that we went to, and they would start to bring up communism. Mm -hmm. And I would just glaze over, like, truth, just not even not even interested in hearing it. I thought, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. None. Right. And but then, then we started researching, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I was never taught this in school. Well, and, be, and part of it, too, is because there's a lot of different permutations of this. And I want to try and help clear this up for people because we've got way too many subdivisions of what is basically the same thing. Right. Because so that's hear, what I said. I said Marxism, communism, right. socialism. You know, what is 
are these all different? Are they all the different different ideologies? Are they all the same? Yeah, they're, they're basically all the same. So mm-hmm. social, the purists will tell you, no, socialism is different from communism. Eh, whatever. I mean, the USSR, Soviet Russia, uh-huh. the United Soviet Socialist Republic. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were communists. United Soviet Socialist Republic. Okay. Socialism, communism. Pretty much the same thing. Okay, and time out just for a second because it was, did you just see the woman in New York who won her her seat and gets up and declares socialism wins? And I'm like, folks, this is in America. (laughs) Oh, when you see it and know it, whoa. So, and and we've got, you know, Bernie Sanders Uh who has run for president at least twice now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's sitting member of the Senate, all right? Um, He's a an avowed socialist mm-hmm. uh the whole squad yeah aoc, AOC oh. omar ilhan whatever you know what i mean these wackadoodle wackadoodles they're all socialists yeah they'll say socialists i didn't mean communists. to get off of your uh, history lesson there no no i'm coming to, i'm just gonna circle back oh, okay <laughs> was it saki that you saki, said i'm yeah. gonna circle back let me circle back to okay. that again i don't have anything um, no that's a new one <laughs> jean, jean pierre yeah, yeah she's She's uh, anyway. So mm-hmm. I've been reading um, a book that I recommend people get. This is called The Naked Communist. This is by W. Cleon Skousen. This came out, I think, in 1958. Mm-hmm. And I think last week we read from 1963 Congressional Record, the 45 current communist goals. Mm-hmm. And I highlighted some of them that were very applicable to where we are today. Yeah, so if you miss those, make sure you go back and listen to them because right. it's kind of creepy. Yeah, so... No, it is creepy. So when we talk about Marxism, it's communism. When we talk about cultural Marxism, it's communism. When we talk Karl about Marx. socialism, it's mm-hmm. communism, right? It's all based on the writings of Karl Marx, who lived back in the 1800s. Interestingly, Karl Marx was Jewish by birth, but then grew up uh, in a Protestant church. Interesting. Yeah. Let me read a little bit about Karl Marx. Uh, To achieve his goal, Marx required two things. First, the total annihilation of all opposition. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) The downfall of all existing governments, all economies, and all societies. Mm -hmm. Can you say Great Reset? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, The second thing he needed was a new kind of human being. Oh, here we go. Here's where it gets interesting. He visualized a regimented breed of Pavlovian men. All right. Do you know what Pavlovian means? Well, I was thinking a Pavlov's dog. Pavlov's dog. So this was a Russian scientist who did a famous experiment about uh, conditioning dogs to salivate. So he would ring the bell and feed them. Ring the bell and feed them. and, And so when then he was conditioning them, when they knew food was coming, they would salivate. Mm-hmm. So then he found that he could ring the bell and not feed them, and they would still salivate. Mm-hmm. So that's what's what we refer to as a Pavlovian response. Okay. Something that happens that automatically triggers you to think about something, right? And it's where Marx comes in, and he wants to have right. Pavlovian human beings. Right. So he visualized a regimented breed of Pavlovian men whose minds could be triggered into immediate action by signals from their masters. He wanted a race of men who would no longer who no longer needed to depend upon free will 
ethics, morals, or conscience for guidance. Perhaps without quite realizing it, Marx was setting out to create a race of human beings conditioned to think like criminals. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me play a clip from one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, We uh, are trained Marxists. Um, Wow. We are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. Oh, okay. So they're in her own words. Mm -hmm. We are trained Marxists. Uh Marxism is communism. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter is a communist organization. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let that sink in. Let me continue on here. So in this book, the naked communist he, chapter one is or the introduction is called the Marxist man. And he, so he's describing this, you know, this Marx, what, what a Marxist, the perfect Marxist in, in encapsulates mm-hmm. and he calls it homo Marxian. Okay. Homo Marxian is frightening and puzzling to the rest of humanity because a criminally conditioned mind does not respond the way normal people expect. Okay. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) So he was advocating for everyone to have a criminal mind? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, because he was advocating that everybody so just follow blindly follow orders pavlovian style blindly follow oh, yeah. follow orders eliminate critical thinking so that they couldn't question what they were being told <laughs> oh my word okay right? go on i just can't even <laughs> um he believes he had no creator this is talking about the communist he believes he had no creator and has no purpose or reason for existing except as an incident incidental accumulation of accidental forces in nature. <laughs> Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right? Right. Because um, nothing plus nothing equals everything. Right. I mean, right. that makes sense. Right. So just as an aside, so is it any wonder that if you have taken over the education system and now you've got all of these conditioned Marxists teaching the kids... Teaching them what? That that their origins are from nothing. Right. You're nothing special. You weren't created for anything special. You are a, a, a an accident. You well, are a stain on the earth. But what's really sick is when you look into um, social emotional learning. I was just mm-hmm. when you're when you, <laughs> it's the Pavlov dogs yeah. and what they're how they're conditioning children right. through social emotional learning. Right. Ooh. You see it. I see it. Right? Yeah. This is what SEL is. This is all communism. Oh, yeah. Read Therapeutic Education. Great book. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me continue on about the homo Marxian. Self-preservation is given as the sole justification for his own behavior. And selfish motives or stupidity are his only explanations for the behavior of others. Wait, you're going to have to go slow and read that. Okay. So... <laughs> Now, think about this in terms of how conservatives, for example, Uh are characterized by the media. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Selfish motives or stupidity Mm -hmm. are the only explanations they have for the uh, actions of others. (laughs) Marxism. With Homo Marxian, Homo Marxian, the signing of 53 treaties and subsequent violation of 51 of them is not hypocrisy, but strategy. What? In other words. What were the two that weren't? What? what? This is, it, it, this is, Theory? this is a theoretical. If oh, I sign okay. 53 treaties and violate 51, that's not, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just strategy. Oh my word. Remember, because we're conditioning people to think. I but here's like a criminal. Here's here's what I just cannot understand. I I don't understand the mindset of anyone who goes along with this, well, because they're not free thinkers. They're also without God. That's true. The subordination of other men's minds to the obscuring of truth is not deceit, but a necessary governmental tool. Really, who gets to decide who gets to be the one in charge? The government. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. One more here. Okay. Uh, Two more. Homo Marxian is probably the most insecure of all men in his feelings. Since he believes himself to be an accidental phenomenon in a purposeless universe, he has an insatiable appetite to bring all things under his total domination. Yeah, if you're an atheist and sure. Right. Last one here, and then we've got another clip. He believes that since Homo Marxian, believes that since he himself is the most advanced type of man, he must accept the responsibilities of a supreme being. <laughs> he, uh... is, he is perfectly sincere in his announcement that Homo Marxian proposes to become the ultimate governor and god of the earth and then of the universe. Well, and isn't it interesting... Um... <laughs> with the uh, and I, I hate to I hate to laugh um, about it, but the LGB drop the T. Mm-hmm. You see how there's this power struggle happening right. because T has totally hijacked yes. the whole movement, and then the other people over here, the LGB, they just want to be left alone and do their own thing. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So last clip here, and I know we're going to go a little long, but I want to play this clip from Jeff Younger, uh-huh. who we interviewed as part of our new film Dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And we asked him to talk about when he was uh, confronted by Antifa. Okay, okay. And, and if for people who don't know what, and maybe just be listening for the first time, what is Antifa? Okay. Who is Antifa? And, Antifa. Uh, long story short, Antifa is another communist organization. Uh, Antifa are the ones who are largely responsible, along with Black Lives Matter, for all of the riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're big in Portland and Seattle. Um, they're the ones that usually dress all in black. They call themselves anti-fascists and their roots go all the way back to Weimar, Germany. That's a whole other episode. Okay. (laughs) Carry on. Okay. So we asked Jeff to talk about his dealings with Antifa. So, Mm -hmm. and we'll get, we'll continue this next week, but I want to play this clip here. So here we go. Okay. Look, yeah. So I was invited by young conservatives of Texas to go to UNT, right. And, uh, and speak. And honestly, typical kind of thing I see with conservative groups, they didn't take precautions to keep leftists out. So I knew that they weren't gonna. And um, I get a call from the police um, at UNT and they say, you know, do you have a personal protection team? And I just laughed. 
And I said, well, you know, I have, I have 10, right? I got my knuckles. That's about all I got. And uh, they said, oh, oh, okay, well, we're going to give you a personal protection team. That was my first inkling that something was wrong. So I show up and man, it's, you know, it's top security. We had DPS snipers on the roof, the whole deal. So I knew when I walked in, one or two things was going to happen. They were going to let me give my speech and then we'd have some crazy Q&A session that probably all of us would have benefited from. Or they were not going to let me speak. Now, we talked earlier, you know, in this interview about, I don't voluntarily give up my rights. And I don't let people push me around. I don't care who they are. Republicans, Democrats, communists, fascists, nobody pushes me around. So when I walked into that room and gave my speech and then they shouted me down, I just decided that, you know what? I have a two and a half hour speaking gig. You're gonna have to protest me for two and a half hours because I ain't leaving. You are never getting me to leave here. And so they started chanting and calling me names. They, so this is a typical Antifa tactic. I've, I've dealt with them since the 1980s. I have a long history with Antifa. So uh, I've, I've duked it out with them in the streets of Houston, Texas, London, Germany. I've met Antifa on many occasions. The, their tactics are very well known to me. So. Um, they start off trying to probe your psychological weaknesses. They have a technique for it. They're tra actually trained in it. They're training materials, teach them how to do it. Um, they uh, start with insults. Well, first they start with noise. Some people are very sensitive to noise. I can't take it and they'll leave. Well, that didn't work. So they started with chanting communist slogans and insults. So I just said, hey, is that all you communists got? I just started yelling back at them. I had the microphone, so I could out yell all of them. And that really upset them that I was using the microphone. And I'm like, you know, is that all you commies got? Like, is this, is this it? Like, I said, the Red Guards are putting you to shame. They got so upset. And my goal was to whip them up into a frenzy of protest because you can only do that for so long. So they're beating the tables. <clears throat> but remember, these are, these are kind of wimpy leftist men. So after about half an hour, their hands started getting sore, right? So then they started uh, trying physical intimidation tactics. They tried to surround me, but the police stopped them. They got um, someone who has now become known um, in the internet world as Transosaurus Rex. It's this big fat girl started screaming in my ear all the time. And she just made me laugh and laugh and laugh. I had just, that was actually very entertaining. She was really, really funny because she was just bizarre and obscene. Um, so then they moved to the, they, they ramped it up to the next level where they started, a lot of people are freaked out by bodily fluids. So I started having people spit on me. And the police are right there. They're not making arrests. You know, people, police are right there. So I'm getting spit on. I'm not freaked out by bodily fluids. And they realized that I was actually not going to leave for two and a half hours. So they surrounded the building. 300 people, that's the estimated size of the crowd from the police. 300 people surrounded the building and tried to set it on fire. And that caused them to evacuate the building. So I was evacuated out the back. There were about 200 people back there. And I don't know if I was punched or need or somebody hit me with something, but I almost broke a rib. Somebody hit me really hard. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't tell because the policeman had pushed my head down. Then we got to the car and then somebody tried to put a choke lock on me from behind, tried to choke me out. A gable gripped out of that. And then they tried to grab me by the hair, but as 
tell there's not much left up there for them to grab, so it's probably one of the positive things. Then I got in the car, they tried to break the windows, um, and that didn't work, and so they started trying to turn the cop car over with us in it, and the police officer kept pulling forward like this to keep them from getting a grip, and wound up running over somebody. Uh, and then they whisked me off and put me in a prison cell, in a jail cell, for my protection for about two hours. Um, and, um, you know, later uh, found out that that they had arson attacks, that, that there were people who were armed, uh, snipers were, were watching them on, on route. Like, it was a serious business. So, but I tell you what I saw when I walked in and I saw them acting up this way. And this is the part that, where I have some sympathy. You know, you always have to have some sympathy, you know. They're people, right? Um, they're misguided people. Well, and I was gonna ask you, what age group are we talking about here? So these were all college age kids. Um, although most of them I don't think came from the college. I think they came from outside the college. It was an organized Antifa hit. So, I looked at them and I basically, you know, basically I realized what I was looking at was an entire classroom full of a hundred fatherless children. They just literally never had a father. And so when they were presented with a man who exhibits masculine qualities, who when you spit on him is in control of himself, who won't ever step back or take a step back on one inch, won't, won't back down, isn't scared of anything right? They honestly had no idea how to handle that. And there was one particular part, if you watch the YouTube video of this incident, where they tell me to, they start, one of their techniques is they'll order you to leave, 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 leave. They train them to do that. Um, and I said, no. And you should just, you should see the look on their face. Like, that, like they've never been told no. And when that woman stands up and says, you know, I'm a man. And I'm saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. There's no such thing as a transgender man. There's no such thing. You're just a woman. They just couldn't believe it. Like when I said there's no such thing as a transgender, they could not believe that I said that. That, that was just be completely outside the realm of their life experience. Never seen anybody that just would not back down. But they expected that to be aggressive, see? So for them, for the leftist, they're either aggressive or passive. The left has no notion of assertive. That's actually one of the things that I've found over the years that they find very odd about Christians. Christians are like you know, brick walls or pillars of stone. If you push against them with a thousand pounds of force, they push back with exactly a thousand pounds and they just don't move. But the wall never actually pushes you the pillar doesn't come and push you around, but you can push on it all day and it ain't moving. And I think that's the metaphor that I, I would like to see Christians take forward. Not aggressive, not passive, but not moving. Absolutely unmovable. Thoughts? Yeah, no. No, I, I, I've watched the video and we'll leave mm -hmm. a link to it. You guys can go and watch it yourself. It's it's insanity it's well and yeah just fair warning the video is very vulgar but it's oh, just a raw video of yes you know somebody there in the room and they're just they're just every other word that they say is is f this f that yeah, profanity lace yeah i do find is in is analogy there at the end very interesting that they they do not understand all they know is passive and aggressive they don't understand immovable mm -hmm. and 
that is, I find that so uh, fitting to what the scripture talks about, you know, to take a stand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say advance. No. <laughs> it doesn't say cower. And when it you've says, done everything. When you've done everything. To stand. To stand. Mm -hmm. And that the Lord will fight those battles for you. Yeah. And no, I'm not talking about, I mean, obviously this is, this is not talking about, uh, uh, you know, if someone's physically Physical attacking. Combat. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not what we're talking about but you know ideologically and in these confrontations to to stand firm in the faith they mm -hmm. do not know how to handle that because they and they don't know how to handle being told no mm -hmm. no one's ever told them that's not true when you're living in a fantasy world so no, they haven't experienced consequences right mm -hmm. right so anyway so we'll have more of this next week talking about communism. Yeah. Well, so thank you guys so much for listening all the way to the end. That's all the time we have for today. And be sure to check out the website at fearlessfeatures.org where you can watch The Mind Polluters, order your DVD. There's Inwood Drive and you can learn more about our ministry. Again, that's fearlessfeatures.org. Have a wonderfully blessed week. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. <music>